0: it's a thursday who wants to talk sports we do it's opening day of the major league baseball season good afternoon everyone this is lee hacksaw hamilton along with my co-host john riley from our studios in san diego favorite words right now play ball opening day 2023 and john so many unique things to talk about as we march through the first day of the baseball season everybody plays today which is really huge everybody's got their Cy Young award-winning pitchers on the mound for opening games of the season which is tremendous there's great tradition and history with the opening day dating back to Bob Feller's opening day no-hitter way back in the day in 1940 we got the new rules to talk about in baseball who's hot who's not who's healthy who's not baseball free agency new places new faces fascinating and by the way Padres begin their chase for the pennant with a hope to go to the world series. Play ball.
1: Yeah, play ball. I mean, this should be a national holiday, shouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> imagine everyone took the day off work, we can get dressed in our suits and our our uh, you know, fedora hats and roll into the stadium like those old black and white uh, shows. But seriously, this is a big day for sports all, all all around America. It's America's pastime. So let's get started.
0: All right, let's start first of all. We're going to go division by division. We'll start in the American League. I'll give you my thoughts. John will throw us some comments from left field. <laughs> Uh, and then, obviously, we'll flip into the National League, and then at the end, uh, we'll touch bases with our Fans Forum segment. Let's start in the American League.
1: All right, got to go here. The AL East, it always usually starts with the AL East. When you look at the sporting news, the sporting page, I mean, there's a lot of great teams in this division.
0: Hacksaw is picking a surprise. Toronto Blue Jays to win the American League East I know it's sexy John to talk about the New York Yankees the big money New York Yankees the Branks Bombers I know it's important that the storyline at Yankee Stadium will be Aaron Judge will he break the home run record this year after what he did last season and I know New York and the pinstripes have Judge and they got Giancarlo Stanton and they've got Garrett Cole, but they got a ton of injuries, and they got three starting pitchers who are on the disabled list here opening day. I'm picking Toronto instead. Toronto's got an enormous lineup, probably the best batting order in the American League East, led by the Vladman Vlad Guerrero Jr. <laughs> The center fielder, George Springer, the shortstop, Bo Bichette, a collage of young bats. They've upgraded the pitching staff, which was pretty competitive last year. Now they've added the frontline starter, Chris Passett. They're deep in the bullpen. So I got Toronto winning the East over the Yankees. As much as they've spent, the Yankees have got physical issues, and you don't want to have to put three pitchers on the disabled list in the final 10 days of the Grapefruit Circuit, and that's what happened in New York. I got Tampa Tampa Bay finishing third, really young team, small-budget baseball team, no doubt good front-line pitching, really good star outfielder in Randy Ozarina, but the problem is they're just awful, awful young, and that's such a beast of a division to be in. I got Baltimore finishing fourth, and this is maybe a reach. But the Orioles have gone through miserable seasons, but they've rebuilt the thing under general manager Mike Elias and their farm system. A lot of young players last year. The second half of last season, they were a really good young baseball team. Now, that's the key word. This is a really young pitching staff. They don't have their ace, John Means, yet back from Tommy John's surgery, Arrival probably in June. But if they continue to grow and play the way they played the back half of last season, it won't be a 100-loss team. Any longer, but because of where they are, they're parked in a very tough division. I got Baltimore fourth, and I got Boston right behind them. Now, Boston's gone through real transition from mega money expenses, a lot of guys gone. The health of Chris Sale is still a huge question mark. Going to Fenway Park on opening day, we don't know how long it's going to be before he's back from all the maladies hip, back, Forearm, etc. But that being said, they've rented some vets. I mean Justin Turner's gonna hit some home runs, I think, at Fenway Park. And I, I really believe that they've got with Ralph Devers, they've got good everyday players. I don't know that they have enough healthy arms, and philosophically I don't understand what the Fenway Sports Group has done to reel back their budgets and not be the arch enemy of the New York Yankees as they were during the Larry Lucchino era. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit surprised there, but they have no depth at all. I don't know that they've got much of a farm system, so it's a, I think it's a, just a strange aura at Fenway Park with the Boston Red Sox. But uh, they'll be competitive because they got some veteran rental bats this year, and they do have Devers, and obviously Chris Sale will carry a lot of clout as to how far they're going to go again in a very tough division that's what I say are you picking my choices you're
1: going to pick your own choices I'm going to pick my own choices but going back to the Red Sox it's amazing how far they've fallen their fans are frustrated they're furious I mean they've lost Mookie they lost Xander you know this is used to be one of the highest spending teams in all of baseball I mean what
0: happened to these guys evil empire remember that conversation Larry Lucchino New York Yankees you know what the Red Sox became
1: yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm shocked to see how far the Red Sox have fallen. Baltimore will be fun to root for, all those young kids. But I'm going with the Yankees to win this. I mean, Aaron Judge is just a tremendous player. They've got the they got the talent. If those guys could come off the DL and perform, I think the Yankees are going to win the AL
0: East. I think you're I mean, we're going to score this at home as an error <laughs> from you in left field on that throw to pick the Yankees. You just don't have pitching. Where's the help coming for Garrett Cole? Uh, Only time will tell how quickly they get these guys back, but they're hurt. I got Toronto winning the East. Next division. Okay, so let's go to the AL Central.
1: This division always kind of a mystery, right? There's just kind of a a, a hodgepodge of teams. Who's going to rise to the top?
0: Mishmash. I think it's the correct word you're looking for (laughs) out there in left field at this hour. Uh, Cleveland's really good. Cleveland has really become a small market franchise. Ownership does not spend money, which I think is sad, because Cleveland, once upon a time, the Indians' chief wahoo, the guy in left field banging on the drum at Municipal (laughs) Stadium. Cleveland Indian baseball at one point was a pretty good regional franchise. They've made it small market just because of the Jacobs family and the way they run the franchise. That being said, really good pitching. Good farm system. Surprised team a year ago to have a good season. Start with Shane Bieber. He's the last of the crop of young pitchers they initially brought up. You add Cal Quantrill, the ex-Padre, who's developed into a really rock-solid, steady guy. Really good player in Jose Ramirez, long ball hitter. Surprisingly elected to sign a contract extension and stay rather than threaten free agency and get traded. He's there, and they're surrounded with a lot of young guys, but young is really the byword in Cleveland, but they're the best of the bunch. Minnesota's got a lot of injuries. Twins have worked hard to fix the franchise uh, in the aftermath of the Pollard organization, the way they operated it. Uh, Minnesota's developed a bunch of good young players, have traded some players away. It's a little bit of a, a unique roster. They've got some veterans that they've signed on short deals to try to complement some of their young guys. I think Minnesota. Minnesota's good if they can stay healthy on the mound. They did make a trade, and I salute them for it. They they traded one of their bats, Luis Herrera's, to Miami to get Pablo Lopez. Lopez is a pretty steady pitcher at the front end of that Twins rotation. Uh, They did wind up getting Carlos Correa which is kind of <laughs> kind of a unique set of circumstances, yeah, yeah. injuries and all. Mm-hmm. So he circles back, and he had a pretty good season last year. I got the Twins finishing second in that division. White Sox, Tony LaRusse has gone. That's got to make things better at uh, the new Comiskey Park. Uh, they were really sidetracked last year. They, they They've been building this thing to the point they thought, Playoff team were right on the brink with all these young kids, and their pitching staff just completely fell apart. They had so many injuries to their rotation. They got most of those guys back healthy. There is no Jose Abreu, the first baseman, and he was a rock solid cornerstone to everything the White Sox do- did. He has gone as a free agent. Uh, they've made some changes. Health, health of the pitchers more than anything else, but not having Tony La Russa old school there, I think probably helps the White Sox. Detroit has tried so hard, and it looked like they were on the brink of doing what the White Sox were doing, becoming good, and their pitching staff just got decimated last year. I think all their quality starters were on the DL for different chunks of time. Fragmented season. Uh, the, I think they're a little bit disappointed in Nick uh, Spencer Torkelson, the first round draft pick, who they thought by now would be a power hitter in the American League, and he, he's just not shown any consistency at all. So Detroit is 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 farther back in the pack, uh, and then we get the Kansas City, and they got a lot of young kids, and they're trying the hard again. Small budget operation. You know, Kansas City loses, 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 builds with kids, had a good two or three years, and then all of a sudden they had to trade all their guys away because they would not pay all those guys, and they go back into the tank. Zach Grenke is there. He gets the ball on opening day. It's just a really, really young Kansas City team. So, you know, small market minds. Uh, that, that's really the, the American League of Central Division, small market operations. But Cleveland is the best of all those teams. Well, remember those old Three
1: Stooges episodes where they would ask for a volunteer and two of the three guys would take a step back? Yeah. That's what this division is like. Is just, there's, there's only one guy that, that can potentially be competitive, and that's the Indians. Or uh, excuse uh, me, the Guardians. the Guardians. The Guardians. The Guardians. But we still love Chief Wahoo. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I like the name change to the Guardians. Yeah, that whole, those statues there, the guardians of traffic, you know, which I think is cool. It's uniquely uh, Cleveland. But I just remember... Going back, let's say five years ago, when we were all really psyched about the Padres minor league system, the best in baseball. But it was like 1-1-A, Padres and White Sox. And I thought by now the White Sox would be a dominant team in that division. It hasn't turned out. Um, so, you know, it, will they
0: ever live up to the expectation? Injuries. Injuries have wrecked a couple of those teams that thought they were right, right on the brink. Uh, and, it, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf and, and the, the Detroit ownership uh, after Mike Illich passed away just decided to pour tons of money into the farm system. And that takes time. It takes three years or four years. Uh, and just when it looked like they were ready, both of them. Lost virtually their entire pitching staff, so it's it's a big setback. Uh, but Cleveland is the team to beat there. On we go, American League West.
1: Yeah, the AL West is a fascinating division because here you got the World Series champs, you got a lot of teams that are on the up. Um,
0: so let's break it down. This is a surprise. Through all the adversity they've had of late, bad injuries, drug problems, a couple of tragic deaths ownership to sell the team not sell the team the inability to get the stadium deal done to build a new stadium i'm picking the angels to win the west and i'll I'll walk through the process with you i might be the only guy in southern california (laughs) that thinks artie moreno the owner has tried really hard he's getting condemned everywhere la times wants him to sell the team, step away, don't ever talk to anybody ever again. Well, he still owns the team and he's not going to sell it. Now he's going to meet with the mayor in Anaheim, the new mayor in Anaheim, uh, coming out of the stadium scandal bribery thing of a year ago and try to jumpstart those sales efforts to purchase the land so he can build a new stadium there. The storyline on the field with the Angels Phil Nevin really proved he was a good leader. He held that thing together. He was the glue last year through a really bad season. You got a healthy Otani, you got a healthy Mike Trout, you got a healthy Anthony Rendon. Then they go into the market and they rent proven major leaguers Hunter Renfro, Brandon Drury. I think that's a positive. They stumbled upon a couple of young players last year who could hit the ball, led by Jared Walsh, the outfielder and the first baseman. You add to that, you got the Superman, Otani at the front of the rotation. And then they go into the marketplace and they get Tyler Anderson right out of the gate. They were the ones that fired the first shot in free agency, signing the Dodger pitcher that was 16 wins last season. He comes to Anaheim. You add into that, they force-fed a whole bunch of young kids. Number one draft pick, Reed Detmers. Good season, competitive season last year, first year on the job. Really dazzling this spring. You add to that Patrick Sandoval, a couple of other young pitchers. I think they're right there if they can keep the big names healthy. You know, it's been two years of misery for Mike Trout, first with the back, then with the calf. Rendon's had two surgeries in two years, but he's a grinder and wants to be on the field. And you got Otani, is the most complete superstar I think we've seen in a long time in Major League Baseball. All this comes together. Keep him on the field. I think the Angels have the potential to win the division. Why would you denounce Houston? Well, A, there were a bunch of cheats dating back to 2017. <laughs> yeah. But but losing Jose Altuve is huge. Oh, yeah. i um, we're talking fractured thumb, three months. That's a big chunk out of your batting order. No Justin Verlander. He's gone to the National League. Lance McCullers, the only other real true veteran on the staff, continued elbow and forearm problems third year in a row. He's not starting a season. A lot of young pitchers. Do they have everyday players? Yeah. Uh, Yander Alvarez is a really good hitting first baseman, big swing and all that. They do have Bregman. They do have other players. I just don't, I just don't think that Houston has enough because they've lost some really key components as to who they were. Uh, Seattle, boy, they built this thing. Jerry Tapoto's done a really good job. Julio Rodriguez, next superstar on the horizon. Mm-hmm. He's already arrived. Uh, you know, they had a good season last year, a bunch of young guys hit. Bunch of young pitchers did okay. Uh, DePoto keeps reaching from here and there and finding veterans to plug in with the hope it might be a difference maker. I think they're good. I don't know that they have enough pitching for 162 games. But I, I'm picking Seattle to finish third. Bruce Bochy's back. Bochy's hey. in the Texas Ranger dugout. Last year, they had lots of bats, no arms. So they go out and spend, a like Chris Young, the former Padre pitcher, now general manager, spends a lot of money to try to go get people. Jake DeGrom, ex-Met ace. Can he hold up? I mean, he's had two years of physical woes. He's the guy now that's at the front of the rotation. I, I, I don't know that they have enough. They've rented Andrew Haney, the ex Dodger. They've rented a couple of other veteran journeyman guys. They're journeymen. Now, unless they plan on scoring eight and a half runs per game, I just don't know how they can last over 162 game schedule. I'll pick Texas fourth, but I think Texas will really be competitive. And then we got the A's, baseball's disgrace. Uh, $43 million payroll on open day. $43 million payroll. I dare you, off the top of your head, from left (laughs) field, to name me anybody in the A's lineup outside of maybe Ramon Laureano, the outfielder, former all-star guy. Don't have anybody that's recognizable. No, Um, none. It's the cheapest version of Moneyball that they can be, and it's probably going to be a 100-loss season, because their roster's really made up of prospects and... Minor leaguers, not established guys. This is a byproduct of the commissioner allowing small market teams to operate the the way they do, even though they're getting revenue sharing, TV contract money, sales ticket money, and putting the money in the pocket. I, I think it's deplorable what, what has befallen the Oakland A's organization, or what I should say, what Major League Baseball mm-hmm. has allowed to, to happen. Okay. I got the A's over Houston. Are you going to argue with me on this? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So th- th- it's a good call I mean, because you figure the Angels, if they're healthy, they have all those superstars. And you think that karma has got to swing back the other way at some point for this franchise. got to break somewhere. Somewhere. You know, but it's hard to pick against the Astros. You know, just given their, their track record, their history, Dusty Baker does a great job managing that team. I'm... Intrigued by Seattle. I'm intrigued by Texas. I think this division is very interesting because any one of those three or four teams could surprise us and maybe get into become a wild card team or maybe even win that division. And yeah, Oakland this is just a lost cause. So I'm going with Houston in this one.
0: John John roots for the cheats out in left field. All right, we get to halftime. Our special baseball preview underway Thursday opening day. The umpire has yelled, play ball. John, for all the people that join us on Thursdays, as well as our bonus coverage on Monday, tell them how they can subscribe to get access to everything we do with our new podcast and YouTube.
1: Yeah, so be sure to subscribe, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, all the audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. We're there. Just look up Lehack. Hamilton, and then go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's YouTube channel. Click on that bell. You'll get updates when we drop new episodes or any of the new video clips that we do throughout the week.
0: And I invite you to check my website. It's listed right there at the top of the screen leehacksawhamilton.com. It's all written Hacksaw's headlines, the best 15 minutes in sports, one man's opinion, columns, my mini polls, etc. And anytime you sample what we do on our YouTube channels, make sure you give us a thumbs up. We really like <laughs> Like to hear what the fans have got to say on we go national league play ball yeah,
1: play ball. So the, the this division is the big money division, right? I mean, you got the Mets spending all that money. The Phillies coming off a good year. But this could break in a lot of different ways. It
0: really can because players have broken down. And that's the big storyline now. I agree with you, John, that this is the best, most balanced, toughest division maybe in all of Major League Baseball. Definitely, I think, in the National League. I'm reaching on this because Philadelphia's got two injury problems here on opening day. No Bryce Harper coming off. Off the elbow surgery. He had a mystical season last year. Phenomenal run playing with a bad elbow, strictly as a designated hitter. I don't know. I think in postseason he hit 348, which is a tremendous number. But he is out till probably June as he continues to rehab from the elbow surgery he had right after the World Series. And then they lost Chris Hoskins, their power-hitting third baseman, went down with a, a significant torn ACL. On the last week of spring training right. over in Clearwater. So they're a little bit dinged, but they got bats. They got bats all over the lineup. They've still got the front end of the pitching rotation led by the horse, Zach Wheeler. They went into the marketplace and they added three relief pitchers uh, led by the ex Padre and Atlanta Brave, Chicago Cub, Craig Kimbrell. I think they're a really good team and they're going to score a lot of runs because they play in that bandbox stadium. I think this race is going to be closer than anybody realizes, only because of the injuries to Harper and Hoskins. Now we'll see if somebody else surfaces within the division to chase them away. But I'm I'm picking Philadelphia because I just like everything that they've got. And I think they've added enough free agent arms as insurance policies. They did let go and I was a bit surprised but it's a dollar decision. Zach Efflin, they let him go uh, to Tampa Bay. On we go. New York Mets, Atlanta <laughs> Braves. My goodness. Let's start with Atlanta. Probably the best farm system in Major League Baseball maybe over the last four to five years. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos, I think, has done a phenomenal job as general manager. They got Ronald Acuna. And they've got themselves a host of big bats. They got infielders who can hit, which is really amazing. Uh, and then you you know you add into the fact that they traded for Sean Murphy, the power hitting catcher from the Oakland Athletics, and the, and they they shed uh, I, th- I think it was four to six prospects to make that deal with the Athletics to happen. Uh, they have a tremendous young pitcher. However, he's not totally healthy. Kyle Wright has just been put on the disabled list because he was a twenty game winner last season. Uh, he they'll think he'll be back within two. Two weeks time they're gonna to have to baby him I think a little bit because if he had a cortisone injection in his shoulder in January so he's a little behind the power curve but they got so many good young players and they've got depth in pitching and they just keep bringing all these guys up. So I, I'm, I got Atlanta right there. I got the Mets finishing very close to everybody else atop the division. I know it's sexy to talk about $324 million in payroll, and I know it's impressive to talk about Mad Max and Justin Verlander at the front of the rotation. They're both 40 years of age. A little concerned, though, after that, what happens. You know, th- their roster outside of Peter Alonso, the batting order, doesn't scare me. Now Alonso will hit 40 to 50 home runs. That's the kind of player he is. I just don't know if they got enough big bats around him. And they've lost some guys to free agency too so they could go sign those pitchers. I'm not going to say it's 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 going to be a down year although they lost Edwin Diaz in the WBC, and that's significant. Now, maybe there's a transaction coming that's going to get them another closer. But all of a sudden, their batting order looks a little bit thin to me around Alonso. And now there's a hole at the back end of the bullpen where you'd normally give that ball to Diaz, and ninth inning would be over before you sat down with the extra cup of coffee. I, I, I think the Mets are going to be good. I just wonder about that the injury factor there. And, and the, you know, the rest of the East, you got Miami great young pitching. Holy cow. Sandy Alcantara unbelievable and you know they're five deep in the starting rotation which allowed them to trade Pablo Lopez to Minnesota they got areas as part of that deal Uh, they've dabbled a little bit in free agency it's still a really really young team but as long as those young arms keep taking the ball every fourth or fifth day and pitching the way they pitched last season Miami's making progress small budget I don't know that the fans are ever going to put their arms around Marlins baseball because they feel betrayed by what happened decades and decades ago when they won the World Series, and then the ownership promptly shipped everybody out in, in pay cuts. And in Washington, this is horrific. Uh, the faster this franchise is sold from the Lerner family, the better it's going to be for Washingtonians. Uh, this is terrible. There is no Steven Strasburg, I fear, career-ending, multiple nerve damage injuries, neck Collarbone, shoulder, poor guys had so many surgeries. They're stuck with a two hundred forty-five million dollars insurance coverage contract. Uh, they just they don't spend any money. They look like a ragtag roster. And you consider who they used to be just three years ago: yeah. Anthony Rendon and mm-hmm. Juan Soto and mm-hmm. Strasburg, and all those guys are gone. So that's that's another one hundred lost season. There franchise has been up for sale for a while. The sooner it gets sold. New baseball, new money, new philosophy come in to rally the thing. Are you going to agree with me, or are you going to disagree with me about Philadelphia, Atlanta, the New York Mets?
1: Well, I'm going to disagree on Philly. I mean, I think, that, yeah, they're they're in trouble. You know, with the, with losing Hoskins and Bryce Harper not going to be playing for quite a period of time. The the, the team that is interesting to me, and I, they have no hope to win the division, is Miami. Because you were talking about how the fans don't support them, but when they had the WBC in Miami, that was a full house. I mean, there's a lot of yep. baseball fans there. If they could just have a well-run franchise, I think they would get the support. But um, I think the Mets are just going to be a soap opera all year. You know, losing Diaz has been in trouble. I'm going with the Braves to win this. The Braves impress me. They they seem like they are always bringing up the young talent at the right time. They make these really strategic trades, and they really have no weaknesses. If you look at their their hitting, their
0: defense, their pitching. So I'm, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Okay. On we go. National League Central Division. Baseball ought to be talking about this team. What do you think?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I could see who you were picking right there, but you're wearing a shirt for another team in this division. The Central is always kind of an intriguing thing because there are some teams there that have tremendous history and legacy, but they've been on the the downside for so long. So who's going to step
0: up this year? St. Louis has got Arenado. St. Louis has got Goldschmidt. St. Louis has got three outfielders who all hit the ball. St. Louis has historically always had good pitching some of it young pitching and Yadier Molina now Molina has just retired but everything else is lock stock and barrel and then they go into the marketplace and they get the the free agent catcher from the Cubs and I was absolutely surprised Willen Contreras wound up in St. Louis mm-hmm. that's not only a pretty good receiver not not Molina but there're very few Molinas in baseball good receiver Who hits the ball. Yeah, for sure. Hits the ball out. Hits the ball in the middle of a batting order in which he's sandwiched and surrounded by Arenado and Goldschmidt and three outfielders who hit the ball. You go into St. Louis, your pitching staff is going to get battered. I I really like the, they call it the cardinal way they do baseball. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good organization because much like you talked about Atlanta, rightfully so. They keep bringing up young guys. You say, where are these guys coming from? Right. And, you know, last year they had so many young guys, they traded Harrison Bader, who's a grinder and a pretty good ball player, who wound up going to the Yankees at the trading deadline. He's a Yankee center fielder now. So I, I got St. Louis winning the division. The rest of the division is a mishmash. Milwaukee's got the really good front-line pitching. But that pitching has been betrayed by the ownership in that organization, which keeps trading away players. You know, they didn't make the playoffs go deep last year. Why? Because at the trade deadline, they traded away Josh Hader, their closer. And this is a small market mentality of this franchise in Milwaukee. Uh, I love Corbin Burns. Everybody else got in the rotation. Good guys in the bullpen, uh, led by uh, Williams. Big issue. Is Christian Yelich ever going to be a superstar? They paid him a lot of money when they made the trade for Miami, and Mm -hmm. he's just just a guy. Yeah. 290, just a guy. He's not not 333 and hitting home runs all over the place. So Milwaukee, I I think the front office has kind of betrayed uh, that pitching staff. The Cubs... Let's just take the Cubs philosophy of how they're doing business, and we can just park them right next to the Red Sox philosophy mm. of how they're doing business. Mm-hmm. This ownership uh, in Chicago at Wrigley Field, you talk about printing dollar bills in the hallway of that old yeah. yard. The, the value, the profits are making in Chicago are amazing, and they stopped investing into the organization to the point where Theo Epstein woke up one morning and said, I'm out. I'm done. He's gone to work at the commissioner's office. You know, he was the architect and the catalyst that was going to continue to build Cubs baseball. Uh, they, they signed some free agents, but their farm system hasn't developed much. When they got real good for about a five-year window when, when Theo was running things in Chicago, they were doing it through free agency. They're The draft, the Chris Bryant-type drafts, and they went abroad. And they got players out of Cuba, and they got players from from the Pacific Rim. They're just not operating the franchise that way. Uh, they don't have the number one starting pitcher, Kyle Hendricks, recovering from surgery. Yes, I know they got Dansby Swanson, but is he a superstar shortstop? No, he's okay. He's a good player, mm-hmm. and they got Cody Bellinger, but that's three years removed from him being an MVP. I don't think Chicago is 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 running the franchise the way it should be run, considering the big, big amount of money that they make. Uh, Pittsburgh's got Brian Reynolds. Pittsburgh is, is force-fed two other young guys. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, the six foot seven shortstop, looks like a star, maybe at a different <laughs> position. Uh, Cabron Hayes, a son of a former major leaguer Charlie Hayes, really played well. Uh, Pittsburgh does not have any pitching to speak of. And I get upset because Pittsburgh is like these other small market teams. Revenue share, TV money. Don't develop. Surely don't sign anybody in the free agent market. And woe is us in Pittsburgh uh, in what should be a good regional franchise. And I guess the thing that really upsets me is baseball. Baseball's big teams, they go to Neiman Marcus. Why do the (laughs) Pirates and some of these other guys go to the Dollar General store? Yeah, And that's all they give their fans in the offseason in the winter. And the hot stove league is... Hey, we got this guy. Yeah, but you bought the guy at the Dollar General store. So how good can he be? So I, uh, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and I don't know if anything's going to change. The surprise team to me, and it's easy to be critical, and we should be critical because they haven't done a really good job running this franchise. They kind of ran it into the ground. I'm talking about the Reds and Cincinnati and the Castellini family. However. That being said, you look at Cincinnati's roster, and they got some really good young players. And they got, they got a group of arms led by former number 1 draft pick Hunter Green, who's come back from his own elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good baseball team in Cincinnati, led by Joey Votto who's headed Mm -hmm. to the twilight of his career, but still a rock-solid guy, though he's coming off rotator cuff surgery. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near 100%, at least the first month of the season. But Cincinnati suddenly looks really interesting to me with Jonathan India... And with Votto, and with a young pitching staff, and some young guys that they've added. And by the way, they added Will Myers, who I do think's gonna hit some home runs at at, at that uh, bandbox of a stadium, a Great American Ballpark. Cincinnati, to me, might well be one of the surprise teams in the National League if all the kid pitchers hold up. But they look like. That group of young guys is about to arrive simultaneously. you agree with me that if you go to St. Louis, your pitching staff's ERA is going to go up?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough lineup. And it's hard to pick against the Cardinals in this division because so many other teams are weak. Um, but isn't it amazing? Like you say, the Cardinals are such a well-run um, organization. They never have a bad year. I mean, they vary between being middle of the pack to the top of the list. They're never at the bottom of the division. It's incredible how they've been able to do that for such a long period of time. But I, I look at the Pirates and I think, man, you guys built that great stadium. You know, they made some upgrades to the stadium during the offseason, but they just don't invest in the team. Um, you know, the Reds, God, the history of the Reds, my wife and I were just talking about the big Red machine, you know, back in the 70s, because we were comparing them to like the Dominican Republic lineup and the WBC just loaded with Hall of Famers up up and down the list. And just to see the Reds as sort of a shell of their former selves. You know, of course, as a San Diego, we're rooting for Will Myers to have a nice comeback. I think Bellinger has a bounce back year in Chicago, but you got to go with St. Louis
0: to win the whole thing. Yeah, I don't see anybody challenging the Cardinals unless the Cardinals break down. On we go. National League West. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so
1: here, the National League West is all this big money being spent by San Diego. The Dodgers are
0: still great. And, and some of these other teams look kind of interesting on the up. Era over at Dodger Stadium. San Diego leapfrogs Los Angeles. The Padres win the division. You look at the Padre batting order. The Fab Four at the top of the batting order. You look at the Padres. They won 93 total games last year. Forging their way into the playoffs, what they did in the first round, etc ninety three wins and now they add a healthy Fernando Tatis, who's had a good two and a half weeks in the Cactus league, and you add Xander Bogarts, your front end of the rotation looks pretty solid, even though even though Joe Musgrove is nicked up front of the rotation looks solid, the back end of the bullpen might be the deepest in all of Major League Baseball. They got a few guys nicked, obviously. Um Robert Suarez is not going to start the season. He'll, he's on IL uh, for a, a couple of weeks. Adrian Morion is on IL. Uh, but the Darvish will be ready within inside of four or five days. Nick Martinez has had a really good spring, so there's innings there. you got Blake Snell. Will he harness it? Will he be great from the get-go? Can he give you a whole season rather than a half of the season? I, I think the Padres are right there. I like the makeup of their bench. Those are all proven dogs. The Matt Carpenters and the Nelson Cruzes that just like to play. So I, I think top to bottom, everyday lineup to the pitching staffs, I think it's good. If they don't win 100 games, I'll be really be disappointed. Now, keep in mind something's changed. I don't think the division is all that great. And you're not going to play the enemy in San Francisco, Colorado, and Arizona, 19 times each. Mm. So there's not as many, quote, guaranteed wins. Because mm-hmm. with the balanced schedule, you go play everybody in the National League and you play everybody in the American League. So you're going you're gonna to get a taste of what's going on in the American League East. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge. But I, I just think the Padres Padres win the division. Dodger era is over, at least for one year. Uh, we've talked extensively in the offseason, John. Dodger baseball, love and veterans are gone. And those are cornerstone guys who really contributed, led by Justin Turner. And then obviously, Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner has vacated and gone to Philadelphia. Uh, I just, I think the Dodgers take a step back for at least one calendar year. Now, that being said, Julio Urias, outstanding star. I mean, maybe the best left-hander in Major League Baseball right now. Kershaw has stayed healthy, has had a good spring. The wild card, I think, is Noah Syndergaard. If he can be what he used to be with the Mets, and so far he's had a good spring, now suddenly you're really three deep in the rotation. Then they've got five young pitchers who look like they're ready to take the step. Ryan Pepeo from Oklahoma City is in the rotation. Michael Grove is waiting for a phone call. He'll come back from AAA. Pretty doggone quickly. Uh, the bullpen's different because there's no Kenley Jansen anymore. But they think the guy they're calling Bazooka, uh, Gratterall, who's Dar, <laughs> Gratterall, nicknamed Bazooka, is about ready to take the next step forward. He was throwing 102 uh, mm-hmm. in spring training. Uh, it'll, it might well be closer by committee. Uh, they did write in J.D. Martinez. Uh, they went in the marketplace. They got David Peralta. Those might be one-hit wonders. Can they be what they used to be? I don't know. The Dodgers Dodgers seem to think that they're going to be okay, but this is not going to be a 111-win team no. like it was last season. San Francisco was trying to reinvent what 2021 was. You know, 2022 is really substandard. Guys who did well in 2021 when they won 100 plus games didn't do well. Some guys left. More guys have left this off season. It's really a different roster. Uh I don't I just don't know that they can reinvent that one magical season they had in 2021 in San Francisco. And they've got they've got a lot of mileage on that team and I think that's, you know, do you really think The Mitch Hanegers and the Michael Confortos of the world are going Mm -hmm. to put you back into a pennant race in San Francisco? Nah, I don't think so. They've kind of let that thing slip. And they're one of the most profitable teams in Major League Baseball. Uh, Forbes just had a report of the valuation of all the teams. San Francisco made $79 million in profit last season. Wow! But yet they've stood on the sidelines and not... Not sign guys. Now they were in on Correa, and then they backed away there. So I, I just don't think San Francisco is is anywhere near what it was that one unique season they had. Team to keep an eye on uh, would be Arizona, and it, it's kind of been miserable there at Chase Field. Uh, but they've developed a lot through the farm system. They think right now they have the best young ball player in Major League Baseball is kid outfielder Corbin Carroll. And they they still got uh, Kelte Marte, who they really like. I think Arizona's a, a team that you need to keep an eye on. Uh, Christian Walker, the power hitting catcher, a lot of young arms. Uh, they still got Madison Bumgarner. They're kind of stuck with that contract. He's no longer what he used to be, but... They're relying on young kids to take that next step up and probably have a good season. Uh, and then you got Colorado. They got Chris Bryant, they got Charlie Blackman, and they got Bud Black, and that's all they have. And shame on that ownership because that ownership has cheapened the value of the franchise. At one point, John, people forget this. They drew 4 million fans to Coors Field way back. Wow. It's a great regional franchise or franchise with. Great potential yeah. uh, as a regional franchise. And they just nickel and dimed it. Uh, you know, their, their pitching's not what it used to be. And they let John Gray, the ace of the staff, go to Texas and Kyle Freeland's there, but they just don't have enough. And it's interesting. You Now you think back and you went, why would Chris Bryant go to Colorado, except for the payday. Mm-hmm. So they signed him, but they don't have anything around him, really. And Charlie Blackman's now an old 36. So I, you know, poor poor Bud Black. It's just, they're, they're going to be in last place all season long, and I don't think they have anywhere near enough. I would not want to have, as we get to, through this opening day here, on this Thursday, had to face a 162-game schedule with a colorado Rockies starting rotation. I just don't understand the methodology of what they're doing. So I got the Padres because the Dodger era... In Los Angeles. I'm sorry. With apologies in advance, your era is over. At least it's one year. A year from tonight, we might be talking about Shohei Otani uh, (laughs) being a Los Angeles Dodger, Uh and then that would definitely change the conversation. Thoughts?
1: So so the Dodgers are like the Cardinals, right? They they never suck. They're always like middle of the pack or really good. And I think these young guys are going to surprise us. I mean, many people are thinking they're taking a big step back, but I expect them to be very competitive throughout the year. I was shocked that the the Giants didn't sign some big name. And I know they tried for Correa, but I thought Judge would have been a potential guy. But there were a lot of other big name free agents. They didn't really seem to get any of them. I mean, Conforto has been out of baseball for over a year. Um, So what's going to happen there? I don't know. I mean, you know, as San Diego and as a Padre fan, we're fired up about the San Diego Padres. We're excited. These guys have a, a loaded roster, great ownership, a tremendous bullpen, good defense. It's hard to pick against San Diego. But we got to be careful. We want to count our chickens before they hatch.
0: But I'm still going with the Padres here as well. Fan. Fan equals fanatical. You're allowed to be fanatical on opening day because everybody starts with a perfect record on today opening day in baseball all right before we go to fans forum quickly just tell people about how they can subscribe to our podcast okay so you
1: can subscribe wherever you get your podcast all those audio only you can listen to it in the car when you're driving around just bluetooth your car your phone to your your uh, stereo system and enjoy uh, the lee hacksaw hamilton podcast and also subscribe on youtube uh, all of our videos are there all the live streams all the video clips all the youtube shorts are all there on the
0: youtube channel so be sure to subscribe and check my website It's all written. It's fresh content virtually every day. It's LeeHacksawHamilton.com. And don't forget, when you sample our products on our podcast, wherever you are, hit the thumbs up button. Let them know you like what we're doing. John, fans form responses. Go ahead. All right. So we got some really good
1: comments here that come in on the YouTube channel. And this is from um, R. Suriop. And this is about, you know, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is just tremendous in the WBC. And he says, it feels so strange seeing such a grand series like this being played so early in the year. I almost feel like the MLB regular season should be played first in its entirety before we get to the WBC played out. It's like having dessert
0: first before having the main course. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any problem of having lemon sherbet before I eat my Italian dinner. But no, you're correct. Uh, they've just at this point yet to configure the proper place on the schedule. Spring training... Your pitchers are not ready. So, therefore, you don't have all the all-star arms. If you did it in November, you're at the end of the season. The season is an enormous grind. Do players want to ratchet it up in November post-World Series? Now, your your pitchers would be available. Do the players want to grind through another two weeks in the WBC? Big debate. I I still maintain this. Middle of the all-star game. Make it a nine-day break. Take all the teams, merge them together, give me Team USA, give me Mexico and Canada, give me a Latin America team with the Dominican, Puerto Rico, maybe Venezuela, Colombia, give me a Pacific Rim, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Uh, if you did that. I think that would be electric, and you could plan it because you get all your pitchers would be in midseason form. You could get the best of the arms to join their respective country teams. You could have yourself a superb, quick round-robin in the middle of the All-Star break and then play the All-Star game on Sunday night, which is a magnificent event just to watch, and if you get to see it in person, it's cool. I still maintain this is the best place to plan it, and baseball, based on the TV ratings, has now discovered – wow, this WBC has become a really five-star event. Well, put the five-star event in the middle of the season, and I'll tell you all the other teams and the players that don't get to go to the All-Star game, maybe some of them go to the WBC They'll enjoy having five to nine days away from the grind Mm -hmm. of Major League Baseball. So that's my theory there. Yeah, I like that idea. I mean, a lot of the
1: European soccer leagues do the same thing, where they take a a break in the middle of the season, have a tournament. Um, And I I think the middle of the season is right, because, you know, they did it here in the spring. And a lot of these pitchers were on innings limits. I mean, frankly, the pitching staff for the American team was not as good as it could have been. You know, there was a lot of guys that were sort of middle of the road pitchers that they were leaning on. Um, but I, I like that middle of the year format. You can't do it at the end. I mean, because they're, everyone's checked out. They're on vacation. Their arms are tired, but I would, say keep the individual nations together don't merge teams and and if that means it's a 9-day all-star break it turns into a 14 or a 20 game break that's fine with me because i think the league can still make money the stadiums can still be full, and a lot of players are going to be still getting a lot of rest, and people are going to be at mid-season form in the WBC. I agree. Move on. Next question, please. All right, let's moving on. This is uh, this is a great comment. This is about the um, the Andrew Tolls topic, and this is, it was comments from Alejandro Haro. He says, Lee, thank you for sharing this important discussion regarding mental health on your show. As someone who works with these people, it is okay to ask for help and know they will be listened to and given proper care
0: i uh, wholeheartedly agree and that's why we touched on the subject a week ago and credit to the dodgers for what they're doing and on behalf of andrew tolls who's going through a very very bad time mental illness at all different levels is out there whether that is depression whether that is bipolar whether it's got to do with substance abuse it triggers other things these players are one phone call away on the 1-800 number from getting help there should not be a stigma any longer about anybody that steps up and says, help me, I'm having difficulty. Because they're a valued commodity in their industry, they're a baseball player. and But the player has to make that move that I need this help. We've seen it in the NBA uh, with Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We saw it in the National Football League with Chris Long, had a really good career with the Rams and the Eagles. We've seen it in the National Hockey League, hopefully, Other players who have fought through depression, and sometimes all it is 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 sitting with a counselor and expressing what bothers you and getting feedback. Sometimes it's much deeper than that as it relates to psychiatric help, whether that's incarceration, whether that's that's help with meds, etc., You can solve this. So I I think what the story just leaked out about what the Dodgers do and Andrew Tolls, there's probably more players like that that need help. They need to step forward. The clubs need to help them along the way. And the union will help them Mm -hmm. because... They represent the individual client. Good comment. Next question. All right, moving on. Let's take a look here. This is, uh,
1: again, about Shohei Otani from Lydia Conception. She says, I am a certified L.A. Angels fan now since I saw Otani and Trout and following every game
0: they played. Well, Otani is is one of the most unique individuals we've ever seen in Major League Baseball. And we talked last week about his regimen, what he has to do every day as a D.H., what he has to do every day in between his starts. You know, I I need a 36-hour workday to do all the stuff that I do. He needs a 36-hour <laughs> yeah. workday uh, to, to be able to accomplish everything he does. And baseball is such a six-month grind, and he's doing this – every day whether it's in the cage getting ready to be a designated hitter whether it's studying pitchers on video or what he's doing throwing bullpens before he gets ready for the next start and studying the metrics and the scouting reports and that batting order that he's pitching he is just a really unique individual so uh, you know I am hoping this franchise can rally back because I sure have spent a lot of money and they've had a lot of bad luck with bad injuries and two terrible pitching tragedies with deaths I would hope uh that this is a breakthrough season and he's a unique guy i don't know where his mind is at because he won't talk about it Uh, i think he could be a really loyal guy to the halos if the halos finally have a good season and all the draft picks start to arrive and play you know two years ago they drafted 21 pitchers they had 21 draft picks all of them were pitchers trying to fix what's wrong with the farm system so but what a spectacular human being. I and mean, you know, Babe Ruth was a thousand years ago, and all we have <laughs> is, is the grainy videos. When mm-hmm. you think of, of what Ruth did as a pitcher and then as a star slugger with the Red Sox and Yankees before he just became a home run hitter, well Tani's doing that. He's doing that as an everyday player, and I'll tell you the grind in baseball today is so radically different than the grind back when Babe Ruth started. So what a spectacular individual. And the pressure points of what's Level of expectation here in the States. Think about the pressure points in Tokyo Hmm. and in Japan. I mean, because he's more famous and he's more popular than the Prime Minister or the President. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Otani, I mean we saw him on
1: the world stage in the WBC, and we got to see his greatness. I mean, we've been seeing it here in MLB. The Japanese have known about him forever, but the world is really understanding what Shohei Otani is about. The Angels should be a really fun team to root for. You know, if they just get some, a little bit of good luck going their way, I mean, it could be like a, a Disney sort of fascinating ending for these guys.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to jump on board here with, as Angels fans. Yeah, Showtime Show, hey Oh, my goodness. What a great, great individual. You got a couple more here? I do, here. And this is a good one from the po- about the Padres, about the injuries, and this is uh, from Raimundo
1: Torres. He says, excellent update, Hacksaw, very reliable, as always. He, you broke down the injuries, I think, in our last podcast.
0: Well, they're really nicked up right now, but it's not red flag, red lights, we're in real trouble, nicked up. It's mm-hmm. not rotator cuffs, it's not elbow surgery. You know, it's, it's shoulder joint inflammation, it's elbow inflammation. You can calm that stuff down. It does take time to rebuild your arm strength once you've been dry docked for two weeks or four weeks, whatever it may be. But they're deep. Back when we started, we did a Cactus League preview about a month ago as camps were opening, John, and I remember I threw up the numbers. Padres had nine potential starters with experience. They had nine guys to come out of the bullpen with experience, while some of those numbers obviously have have broken away because of the injuries or career-ending maybe to Craig Stammen, etc. But as long as you don't have anything catastrophic, season-ending elbow surgery, forearm surgery, shoulder surgery, they're going to be there, and the bats they got bats, and they got arms, like I say, one hundred wins, yeah, do you think major league players are prone to have injuries
1: in March because of the they were it was the off season no. they're not in their regular form,
0: and is that why we're seeing these injuries, or are they just random uh, You're out in left field all the time <laughs> drinking coffee. these guys train eleven months of the year mm. Mm-hmm. They come to spring training, and they're really in shape. Now, the pitchers come to spring training and have to build pitch counts and arm strength. But everybody, everybody comes to spring training. The reason why guys break down, notably pitchers, is we have everybody doing off-season weight training. These guys train all the time. Everybody does legal supplements now. You have a bigger body, more physical. For pitchers, bigger body, more physical, more fast balls Mm. more violent breaking sliders you whatever you want to call it and then what you've got is more physical force because they're bigger and they throw harder and there's violent snap action the only thing doesn't change your ligaments
1: Mm.
0: your ligaments don't change and because you're snapping pitches off at such a violent force you're putting more stress here and that's why things can break down I I would bet if you go through every pitching staff in baseball – I bet there's probably at least five guys on a pitch, per pitching staff that have had some form of elbow surgery. But Tommy John sports medicine is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It it takes you twelve to eighteen months to come back. When you come back, you're good as new, and in many cases you come back and you're stronger here now than you ever were before. But these guys, they're not out in left field with you in the offseason <laughs> drinking coffee or beer. They they are they are doing weight training and throwing. Not, not the regimen you throw with during the regular season, but they're ready to go and then just have to build it up. But some of them have breakdowns. Some of them have flare-ups. Some of them have setbacks. But sports medicine is so spectacular right now. I mean, think about
1: back you – know, just roll the clock back 30 years ago. There were very few pitchers that threw 100 miles an hour. And now there's a whole bunch of them, you know, including Hunter Green. We were talking about him with the Cincinnati Reds. So it, these guys, like to your point, they train. They're so much stronger. That, um, you know, it's like you say, it's just the force, the torque. It's no wonder they're, they're having all these arm troubles. But then you see an injury like Reese Hoskins, you know, with the Phillies. It, that was just
0: sort of a freak thing, well, wasn't same it? Same thing with Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. Made a move to feel the ground yeah. ball. Uh, and Hoskins knee buckles because the spikes caught in the dirt. You know, Gavin Lux running between second and third. Ducks did not get hit by a uh, batted ball. Mm-hmm. Knee buckles. Cleats caught. Torn ligament. Those are fluke baseball injuries. Yeah, they are.
1: But uh, you know, this is uh, this is spring training. You know, but now it's opening day, and we're
0: fired up. We're ready to go. Okay. Hey, listen, we appreciate you being with us for our major league baseball preview. We are here Thursdays with our primary podcast. We're here sometimes on Monday with bonus coverage. We hope you'll continue to follow us. Hope you'll text, email. And tell your friends on Twitter about what we're doing with our new podcast. You can reach us at YouTube on LeeHacksawHamilton.com and check my website for all the written content. John, enjoy sitting in left field this first (laughs) full weekend of Major League Baseball. Okay, I'll be the one tracking down all the home run balls out there. Have yourself a great sports weekend. Okay, you too. Thanks for being with us on Hacksaw's Headlines. Join us again for Hacksaw's Headlines on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And find the audio version on your favorite podcast app. For more content, go to leehacksawhamilton.com.